Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. We'll get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio is going to take it for a touchdown. for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burr. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Big Heads Media Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. We are back to our previews. The bye week, uh, we, we found a way to get through it. It was a very interesting bye week, a lot of great headlines. You guys can check that out up on the Heel Tough Blog website if you want to know more about that. But we are here today to preview the Tar Heels game this Saturday against the Virginia Tech Hokies. And to help me do that, of course, Josh Marlowe is with me as always. And, buddy, uh, we'll have to start by referencing that one of our listeners, uh, our, my guy Bobby Casey, uh, he wants to hear from you more on the podcast. So uh, apparently you have to be more involved today. There's no choice. You literally stole the thunder right away from me. I was going to lead with that. That I deserve more. Well, this of a, is what I do on the podcast. I need I need more of a role here. I'm contributing at a really high level. Uh, re, you know, reviewing the film. There is room for you to improve as a host because uh, I've reached co-host peak. Good God. On the podcast. No, thank you for the feedback though. I've been yeah, asking see, yeah. for I've been asking for more airtime. He told me I wasn't Stop. allowed to talk. Come on. That's just how it works. But uh, no. We're glad to be here. Um, massive game on Saturday. Really a yeah. massive stretch for Carolina as we go through these next three weeks. All three games against coastal opponents. Two of them will be, of course, in Keenan Stadium. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it starts Saturday. you got to go to Blacksburg, Blacksburg. And if you want to do what, you know, what you think we're capable of, and, and the ESP and FBI has this team favored to win every game out. Right. Which – no one would have thought at the beginning of the year they'd be favored to win every game. We weren't the favorite in any of the games um, to begin the year, so yeah. Oh yeah, no way. Nobody thought. I mean, be honest. Did you think we would be three and three at this point? I I, I, had I, did, a, I I thought maybe two and four. I had us going seven and five. So and, maybe, and okay. so three and three kind of falls right where I had us. Um, right. But I mean, you know, it's, God, it just feels really good that you know basketball season three weeks away. But we're still we're still locked in the football season because the last couple of years when we got through late night with Roy we were like hell yeah let's go because football Pretty season much. football season was over, 
um, for, for the majority because either right. we were just hurt or last year we were hurt and we sucked. So this year, I mean, there's the effect Mac Brown's had. They're 3-3, three and three, doing it with a young quarterback, a defense that's beat to hell. You know, it's just been a remarkable job so far year one in Mac Brown 2.0. Well, we've we've opened up the mic, and you have also opened up the language, and so uh, you're just you're you're going a little more in this. This is uh, no, this is good though because this is why I don't right. talk because I cuss too uh, much. I guess you're you're no, but I mean y- you can tell like you know just from you talking right there, it's such a different mindset than in past years. Because you're right, by this time in the season, we were pretty much like, okay, this team is not going to a bowl game. Um, I mean, more of the talk. I mean, the last two years, this podcast was pretty much at this time of the year was about when we firing Fedora. Not re- well. What what is Larry's hot seat like? Like, how hot is this seat that we're actually talking about? Last year, you know, after after the midway point, it was okay. When are we firing this? Pretty guy? much. Yeah. I mean, well, no. Was it the midway point? It was pretty much East Carolina. Once he lost that game, we were like. All right, so which, you know, how slowly is he packing his bags, you know? Are we, we had reached that point, like, this at this time of the year where we were like, okay, is he getting fired midseason? Like, we're going to see them just pop out one week, fire him, and Papuchis is going to take over? And that didn't happen, of course, you know, now... Uh, it's a totally different mindset, like you said, with with, with Mac Brown, and uh, there's some other stuff that we'll tell you a little bit later on about um, that is uh, just so different with Mac Brown as well. But when we talk about this Virginia Tech game, I mean, look, I saw them play. They were playing at the same time that Carolina was playing two weeks ago against Miami. They decided to go with Hendon Hooker, and uh, it's been a completely different team since they made the change at quarterback. I mean, come on. Did we really think that Ryan Willis was going to be the guy to lead this team? He was a starting quarterback at Kansas. If you're the starting quarterback at Kansas, you are terrible unless you are Todd Reesing. Yeah, uh, that's a reference to that's a reference to you who used to be a big Todd Reesing fan. Yeah, Todd Reesing, during his 2018 season, he was he was phenomenal. <laughs> I used to kill on NCAA 08 with that guy. I mean, I said every record. Go. The one time you played without the Tar Heels on uh, an NCAA football game. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, you know. I think the, the the quarterback change made sense for Virginia right, Tech. Definitely, the team has responded with better performances on offense. This team still isn't doing the stuff on offense that we grew accustomed to when Fuente was at Memphis and when he first came to the ACC. This team right. was putting up thirty-five to forty just about every week, no matter the opponent, um, and that's that's really seemed to drop down. I really think. I was a big fan of Josh Jackson when he was a freshman at Virginia Tech. I was going to say that. That loss is a lot bigger than we thought at the time, right? Like, we felt like, okay, he's, you know, when when he goes down with the injury, we thought, okay, Willis can hold it down. We, of course, thought he was going to come back. Then he transfers in the offseason, which my question is, okay, did Virginia Tech basically tell him, like, you need to look elsewhere because we're rolling with Ryan Willis or, or Hooker? Because I'm going to be really honest with you, like I think he's kind of an under the not I, I, under under the radar. Is that kind of how we would look at him? Um, I mean, he's underappreciated for sure. Like he is a really good quarterback. It sh- it has showed this year with Maryland when he's been on the field and when he hasn't. Yeah, no, he's definitely a quality quarterback. Remember his freshman year, they hosted Clemson, 
And it yeah. was kind of our first time to see him in a natural in a national spotlight. Clemson won the game, but he held his own in in, in the ball game. So he, yeah, did you know that his dad played baseball by the way? Because they only showed his father in the stands like what seven or eight times in the first quarter. We can't say anything. Game. They showed Sam Howell's mom like thirty. We times haven't seen in her the, since though. Apparently, in the season I don't opener. Know. I don't know. Um, but I, I think that's one thing when you evaluate Virginia Tech's program, or really any college right. football program. Look at Carolina for example. You got to have a quarterback, and they haven't had a quarterback. Yeah. And it seems that they may have found one now. And uh, it leads into what's a a massive game Saturday. Sold-out crowd in Blacksburg, which is kind of a joke because they couldn't fill the stadium last week for Rhode Island. But well, now, and now, now it's sold out. I wonder if Kyle Bailey will be in attendance. If so, expect him to leave in the second quarter because he's got better things to do. But oh, he didn't uh, talk about him yesterday. It's 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 going to be you know it's it's always been a challenge for Carolina to go there and win. They've only won there twice since I think uh, Virginia Tech joined the ACC. Yeah, and uh, I mean they're they're going to have their hands full Saturday afternoon. Well, we remember the last time, of course, that they went there and won. That was in 2015. Um, another game that you know we we remember that game because it was a game that coming in and even throughout most of the game we outplayed them and they still had a chance late so you're right it's going to be very similar this probably sounds very similar to when we talked about the Georgia Tech game we don't go in there and win games easily we don't go in there and win games usually but when we win games it takes a lot it feels like it's going to be that same exact way on Saturday Uh, you know I mean 330 kick should their their stadium's going to be as packed as it's been all year which you know there were people on on there saying it's probably because they hate Carolina. Yes, yeah, that's that. I don't get why, but that's one that I mean they consider us probably right behind Virginia as their biggest rivals. Doesn't well, really make a whole lot of sense to me. It's but. more it's more of a recruiting thing within the fan bases because because yeah. we yeah. we recruit Virginia heavily. They they recruit our state heavily. Really, what Saturday is is when we're leaning into the Georgia Tech game. Mac Brown talked about this team's got to grow from Clemson. Mm-hmm. They got to handle the effort from Clemson and duplicate it in an area where even the Georgia Tech isn't good, it Carolina hasn't won there when Georgia Tech hasn't been good. And Carolina, of course, went to Atlanta and controlled the game really from the opening kick. Saturday is going to be another point where we can look and see, okay, this team has matured from Georgia Tech, how they handled the, the win over that, how they handled a bye week, and how they handle a, what's going to be probably the toughest environment they've played in all year long in, in, in Lane Stadium. Yeah, I would agree with that, um, yes. In a game that you know is a swing game for how this coastal race is going to go. If Carolina wins it, Carolina's probably going to be the the favorite to win the coastal. If not, it kind of opens everything back up for any team to kind of slip in there and and really back their way into winning that coastal to go earn the right to go get blown out by Clemson, which right. we all think Carolina's the best team to play Clemson because well they lost Clemson by a point. But I mean, I agree with that, that. that's irrelevant now. Carolina's got to go do what they did at, at hey, Atlanta. You got to get there first, and you got to duplicate that right. Saturday. Be interested to see what the game plan is like. If they are more you, two weeks since Sam Howell went off, are we? Is is that the office now? We're going to be okay. I don't think Matt Brown wants to throw it fifty times, but I think if he has to, he trusts Sam Howell to do it. And if the running game can kind of still produce, it's been hit or miss uh, so far this season. Well, I definitely think that they're. 
game plan is going to be to throw the football a little more because Virginia Tech comes in allowing 234.7 yards per game through the air. So this is a team that has struggled against the pass so far this season. I think it's smart for Carolina to come out and be aggressive. I mean, look, we saw it, you know, that they took advantage of what was the weak point of that Georgia Tech defense, which was their run defense that sort of opened up the passing game. I think that, you know, look, they got to take advantage of Virginia Tech struggling against the pass. That might open up the running game. I mean, look, this Virginia Tech defense, nowhere near as bad as they were a year ago. But here's my thing. They're still pretty bad for Bud you, Foster standards. And you were, you were up in the game against Miami, you were up uh, 28 to nothing. And should have lost. And let them back into the game. Yeah, you should have gotten beat. In, in, all, in all honesty. Yeah, th there's no reason so, why while yeah. Phil Longo shouldn't be afraid to let Sam Howell go into this environment and air it out. Because right. this Virginia Tech defense isn't what Bud Foster was accustomed to having, what we grew up watching, the lunch pail defense, whatever corny name they call it. I still call it that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to read a stat that is, you know, we heard on Twitter just a couple minutes ago, uh -huh. but it's, it's a relevant stat. Sam Howell has 11 touchdowns passes of 10 yards or more, I think is what the stat read, which is yeah. more than Trevor Lawrence and Jake Fromm have combined. Two Shout quarterbacks. Shout out to our boy Tar Heel Nation, who put, uh, Tar Nation who put that on there. Two quarterbacks that have started in national championship games against Alabama. Yeah. Now, I know it's different because of competition and all that, but... It, yeah, so, I'm, I'm going to tell you, pump the brakes just Sam Howell bit. should be trusted to throw them. the ball and throw yeah, the ball okay. deep. Um, Diami Brown has done a very good job all year long getting separation on the deep routes, which is something that we, we talked heavily in the preseason. We expected him to do it, and he's done that. So at this point now, there's no reason to have the training wheels on Sam Howell or this offense. Right. You want to go win the Coastal, your best chance is letting the young kid play. Well, yeah, you got to take the training wheels off if you're trying to win the ACC Coastal. And I agree. I mean, Diami Brown uh, has been fantastic. I also think, I mean, Bo Corrales has shown at this point that if you throw the ball up, he has a chance to go up and get just about every pass. And, he, he's done what we, we complained about under Larry Fedora was just give him an opportunity to make plays. He may not be a great route runner or whatever, right. but the guy has a knack for making plays, high-pointing the football at the point of attack and doing stuff like that. And we've seen that incorporated in this offense, and it's really added another element in the passing game. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been fantastic this season. You know, coming into the year, Antone Green was ahead of him um, on the depth chart. He was the guy that came into the South Carolina game kind of uh, as that number four wide receiver. Um, and, you know, once Antone Green went down, he was really stepped up and been fantastic. 18 catches, 213 yards, and uh, three touchdowns so far this year. I think it's three touchdowns here. Let me, let me make sure of that. But, I mean, at this point, you know, I mean, to me, that's your red zone threat. I think that, you know, we I, I want to personally see more back shoulder throws to him. Uh, yeah, three touchdowns so far this year. So, I mean, look, Bo Corrales is getting the job done. That's one of the strengths of this Tar Heel offense is that wide receiving core, um, you know, which we kind of expected. There was a lot of talent there, a little bit of unproven talent. But really, this offense is starting to click. I agree. It's time to open up this offense. I understood why they were not hesitant to open up the offense you know, early in the year. They wanted to open up the offense, but when you lose a guy like Charlie Heck against App State, you didn't have him, it's tough to just, you know, I mean, they got so much pressure, and the week before against Wake Forest, you allowed six sacks. It's hard to just say, okay, we're going to let our quarterback 
you know, go out there slinging around the yard today when we've got a backup left tackle in and also some injuries along the offensive line. Uh, Ed Montillis, I think, was dealing with something in that game because Billy Ross played 56 snaps, Montillis played just 32. Um, and let's be real honest. I mean, Billy Ross was solid last year. Ed Montillis is the better of the two options. So to me, that told that told me something was wrong there. That's why I think now the line's a little bit healthier. You know, Charlie Hex fighting through the injury. He fought through it against Georgia Tech. Same thing with Ed Montillis. He saw more reps against Georgia Tech than he'd seen in the prior two weeks. So um, I think now, you know, this is the type of offense that we should expect. I mean, look, Carolina ran 100 plays against Georgia Tech. They picked up the speed a little bit. Now, also, Georgia Tech's offense was just abysmal. So... I mean, it's pretty hard to not run that amount of plays when Georgia Tech runs, I think it was 30. They couldn't really stay on the field at all. So um, I don't know if that's exactly what we're going to see from Virginia Tech. But, you know, when I look at Virginia Tech, the one thing that I think is interesting about them, this is a, a little bit of a different offense than we've seen in the past, too. You mentioned the defense being a lot different, not as aggressive. Their offense is more pass-heavy than it's been the last few years I mean, Hendon Hooker, first two games, thrown for 453 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. The problem for Virginia Tech, I always felt like when they were really good, they could always run the ball extremely well. Now, I mean, Deshaun McLeese hasn't been awful. 84 carries, 403 yards, averaging out to 4.8 yards per carry. But, I mean, they, they just, they're not as good as they used to be. Like, you remember back when... Frank Beamer really had them rolling. They could run the football just about as good as anybody in the country. It's kind of odd how when we grew up, Frank Beamer teams ran the ball, played really good defense, and they won 10 or 11 games year in, year out. And now we look at Justin Fuente, and they have a hard time running the ball consistently well. Right. And when he first got in the ACC, when he came over from Memphis, they didn't because of the talent that Frank Beamer had. Kind of fitted his spread scheme and it's it worked thing, man Frank yeah. Beamer could still recruit even at the end and uh and now now that you know Fuente's bringing in his guys and what they want to do with the scheme it hasn't really worked out as well it could be a game but even though Carolina has improved against the run they still give up 160 yards a game this could be a game where Virginia Tech can look at that and try to uh attack Carolina in the run game but if I'm Virginia Tech why not come out and throw the the secondary for Carolina is depleted I mean, you've, oh, you've, yeah. you've, you've, Definitely. you've got third-string freshmen out there that we were not expecting to play that are out there right now getting valuable reps for Carolina, yeah. but they're young and inexperienced are going to make mistakes. So it's going to be odd because you, you, you want to establish the running game, but Carolina is vulnerable against the pass. Well, you talk about that secondary. I mean, you, you, you said, you know, the defense is beat to hell. It's not even necessarily the defense. It's pretty much the entire secondary. Um, there's basically no one left. Bryson Richardson, of course, started the year out for the season with a torn ACL. You had, of course, Patrice Renee went down in week two against Miami with a torn ACL. He's not coming back this year. Cameron Kelly torn ACL on a tackle against Trevor Lawrence in the game against Clemson. Done for the season. You got two guys that are out for indefinite periods of time. Miles Wolfolk still working through something. As of right now, there really hasn't been an update on him. And we're assuming going into this game that the Tar Heels are not going to be able to have him ready to go. 
And then Trey Morrison was added to that list. He broke his arm against Georgia Tech. At least that was what everybody is pretty much confirming. Uh, Inside Carolina was the ones that first had that report, and everybody seems to be rolling with that. Um, So that is the belief right now is that that's the injury that's hampering him. So those two out for an indefinite period of time. And then Trey Shaw has been missing in action since the game against South Carolina with an undisclosed injury. So we have no idea when he's coming back. There has been no comment on him. So you're right. I mean, we're rolling with a guy in, you know, Storm Duck, who we talked about on the Midseason Awards podcast, really has played really great. And Mac Brown talked about him, you know, repeatedly on his radio show on Monday about how great he's looked so far this year. He was kind of just thrown into the fire against Clemson and was fantastic. You're not allowed to so. suck with an elite name like Storm Duck. But when I think about the yeah. secondary, I just envision that picture from Will Smith and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when he walks into the room and, and that's nobody there. Yeah, it's, that's that's prob- Storm Duck walking around. And, like, well, that's, that's, that's probably more Miles Dorn because he's just like, where that's the hell is point. everybody? Yeah. I mean, you got, you got Miles Dorn and DJ Ford as your two guys who started the year on the team. And that's it. Even a lot of the guys that were rotational pieces are not even there. They're done for the season. So, I mean, look, you're rolling with Storm Duck. Now, the good thing about opposite of him, Greg Ross has started games before. But the problem with Greg is, look, Greg's been, he's been inconsistent. Like, you know, he's had those moments where he's looked good. We thought early in the year this year he looked pretty good. He looked good against South Carolina when he had to start. But he's coming off his worst game of the year. He really struggled against Georgia Tech, against the speed of those receivers. I mean, Virginia Tech's got some guys that can run, too. That's where they kind of got... Now, the good thing is Trey Turner is dealing with an injury that's kind of hampered him a little bit from being at 100% this year. That should help, but, you know, it's it's got to be a little bit of a concern, you know, coming off your worst game of the year against Georgia Tech. Now you're coming in. Now, the good thing is he did have the bye week, but still it's got to be a little concerning. Yeah, he, he he's just got to become, really, it's more mentally tough because right. when, when he makes right. a good play, he's high as a kite. And when he makes a bad play, which is a lot, he's lower than, you know, lower than low. So, and it's kind of like if he starts the game, it's how he starts the game. If his first play is good, the rest of the day, he's, he's you know, he's going to have a solid game. If he starts with a, a rough play where they complete a deep pass, he's pretty much off his game the rest of the day. It's, it's very strange, but, you know, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, he's hot then cold. He's yes then no. I mean, that's that's oh, that, that's what Greg stop. Ross is. At, Come on. And, uh, you know, and it's, oh. it's it's been difficult. I think Dre Bly, though, I don't think we've given him enough credit for what he's done with this secondary <laughs> navigating. Him, him and Jay Bateman, who's coaching the safeties, yeah. those two have just, I mean, um, you're finding guys that you didn't think would see snaps this season at all. Now having to rotate in, and it's it's really you know, and if, if you know, we're not going to look ahead to next year, but next year the secondary because of what all the injuries, there's going to be a lot of depth, and you're and you're bringing in two transfers right. could be the strength of the defense next year. Right. So yeah, I mean, Ky- you mentioned it, Kyler McMichael coming in from Clemson, Bryce Watts going to come from uh, Virginia Tech, and then you're also this was confirmed the other night on the radio show, Patrice Renee is coming back for the 2020 season, so. I mean, you're you're right. The secondary is going to be loaded. That doesn't even include the fact that you're getting Cameron Roseman Sinclair and Jaquarius Conley, as well as Jaden Chalmers, the cornerback, coming in. So, I mean, you know, Max said on his radio show, he told the guys that are out there right now, hey, you know, if this is your time to make an impression because next year <laughs> you're there ain't going to be a lot of spots up for grabs. We got all these guys in five spots to fill. You, you got to, you know, if you're going to make your impression, this is your spot to do it. So, you know, I think that's kind of good 
Because these guys will see, okay, we need to step up and perform. This is not, oh, I'm thrust in there. Well, they can't really bench me because they don't have anybody else, which I don't think is the mindset of these guys anyways. But they can't afford to have that mindset. This is their chance to prove themselves. I think some of these guys are going to step up. And one of the things, you know, you mentioned with the coaching, I mean, look at the look at the freshmen that are really stepping up and playing well. And, I mean, true freshmen in Storm Duck playing great so far this year. True freshman in Don Chapman, who's been, you know, as good as you could have hoped in a game of a, a game and a half of starting. Um, and, and I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, some of these guys that are going to be playing depth roles now. Obi Egbuna having to step up. And, you know, he was a guy that pretty much probably thought, okay, I'm going to be playing on special teams for most of this year. He saw some reps against Georgia Tech. This week, he's going to be our main rotational guy against Virginia Tech. And, I mean, you're going to see other guys that are having to convert. That's one of the big things they talked about this week is the cross-training, too. DeAndre Hollins cross-training at both safety and corner, as well as um, Javon Terry also having to cross-train. So, I mean, you know, to me, this is all sounding like something that you can talk about. This is going to weigh heavily on the defensive line and the linebackers when they blitz. You're going to have to get pressure on Hendon Hooker in order to get him off his game because they, I mean, let's be real, Miami didn't do it. Rhode Island, which is understandable, didn't do it. That allowed him to stand back there and pick them apart. That can happen for Carolina on Saturday with all all, all the young guys we're going to have out there. Yeah, it's, it's always imperative to get pressure on the quarterback in football. Of course, of course. But especially when you've got a, a, a depleted. No one left. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're, you're basically just praying, praying for the, or, you know, Expecting the worst, praying for the best, or whatever yeah. that saying is. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how aggressive Jay Bateman gets if he's aggressive early. Because we've seen him early in the year. It was in the first half. It was kind of just getting the guys in the right position, but we weren't blitzing in a lot. But in the fourth quarter, you'd see the pressure ramp up. That's kind of changed in the last couple weeks where he's been a little more aggressive early in games. I think that, that's got to be the game plan this week because mm-hmm. if, if Hooker gets into a rhythm, it could be a long day for your secondary right. and for this defense. And I don't know if Carolina wants to get into a track meet. I don't know if we're there yet, if we, we trust the offense to go uh, put up yeah. 45 well, or 50. Only one week, yeah. So – it, you know, it's going to be interesting, but it, it's going to be something with the defensive line. It's good that Aaron Crawford's healthy. Strowbridge is, is, is playing good. Timon Fox has been a pleasant surprise. Yes. Just need more consistency out it's of him. Asking, we, we know the linebackers are going to produce because Chasserat and Jeremiah Gimmel are as two good linebackers in space in this conference. Right. And that's well, one not, thing, they've got it. they got to tackle well. Uh, well, in, that's, in that's also, that's also something that this team has struggled on early right. in the year. But really, from the Clemson game, they tackled really well, and it carried over to Georgia Tech. Yeah, I and thought so, too. And hopefully it's on the upward ascension. Right. Now, okay, this defense, I feel like, especially early in this game, is going to be counted on pretty heavily. Am I the only one that feels like, you know, they got into a rhythm against Georgia Tech? You talked about this when, when we were talking, I think, off air. You know, it, it kind of stinks because this offense gets into a rhythm has a really good start early in the game against Georgia Tech outside of a few drop passes. I mean, this this team started rolling a little bit, then they go on the bye. Now they have to come off the bye and 
sort of pick up where they left off, which I don't know if it'll be easy. This this kind of feels like it's going to be one of those sluggish starts that they're going to have to get by, right? Coming off the bye week. I mean, I hope not. I, I don't know I hope necessarily not. that because Phil Longo's done a pretty good job scripting the first drive or two of the game. It's just after how, that first. It's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 going forward right. from that, and a lot of times Carolina has scored on this opening drive or two. Usually, it's been a big play in the passing game with Sam Howell. It's after that is where Carolina has really struggled adjusting, and it's something that Phil Longo is look. He's still getting adjusted to his quarterback and how Mac Brown wants him to manage the game. But right. it's something that Saturday, like, look, if Carolina gets up seven nothing, you it's not something that you relax. You you've got to go really get. You got to chase Man, points. You got to be aggressive. It's how I, you know I like to uh, 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 phrase that. Mm-hmm. Is just every time you you always want to score, but like you've got to look to score every time you got the ball early. I feel like. Oh, I ag- I agree with that wholeheartedly and I thought you know that was the best that we've seen it against Georgia Tech and I feel like that's because you know also I mean you talked about Phil Longo and and Mac Brown having to sort of adjust to each other I think it's also the fact that you've got a freshman quarterback that's having to adjust to you know a college defense being able to make adjustments a little bit better early in games than maybe a high school defense is able to do and the scripted plays I think work really really well but at the same time, you know, I mean, it, when, when when he has to sort of, you know, adjust his game plan a little bit to what the defense is showing you, I think that Sam, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time. He's sorting, uh, sort of starting to get comfortable with that, so I think uh, he'll definitely have a chance to do that. So um, let's uh, – do we want to do game predictions? I don't know. It's your podcast. Yeah, well, let's let's do game predictions. Uh, basically, I'm just saying, like, there's no other real, like, major talking points that you want to get out of the way with this game against Virginia Tech, right? Like, I mean, I, I think the environment will be solid, but it's also a day game. If this was a night game that was sold out, I'd be a little more concerned. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot that I could speak on because I've been re- restricted for talking for six weeks. Here we go. But here um, we go. Actually, a year, according to I mean, well, people. really, since I came on here, I was yes. just kind of just, you know, your puppet, I guess, is what I'm, uh, you know. Um, yeah, we'll do Thanks, game Bobby. predictions. Nice. I, I I feel I've, I'm going to pick Carolina to win the game and not and not because of bias on the podcast. I, I, Shocking. I, I do think Carolina no bias is, on this is the better team. Um, I don't. They're not, they're not the healthier team, but I just right. I, you know I, I trust Mac Brown and what the staff has done and will continue to do. And I, I know Mac Brown spoke the other day about I don't want to put pressure on these guys to win the coastal when it's about getting better. That was Coach Speak 101 because I'm sure behind closed doors, he's you know, when he took the job, he said, we're here to win, and we can win now. This is a good chance for Carolina to say, okay, yeah, we can win now. You go to Atlanta and win what you, you don't do. You go to Blacksburg and you win what you don't do. That's going to say a whole lot about this program, which Kirk Kerbstreit's been very high on on ESPN, speaking about Carolina and what Mac Brown has done as a program on the rise. So they want to continue to be that program on the rise. You go to you go to Blacksburg and win. I think they'll do that in the manner of 31-21. I think Sam Howell continues to make good plays in the passing game. I think the running game is more consistent with both Javante Williams and Michael Carter getting in on the action. And I think the defense holds up enough to, and, limits, and limits Hooker to, to a mistake or two, and Carolina gets a win. Okay, we are working to get Kirk Herbstreit on the podcast as well because he does talk good about Carolina. Only people that talk good about Carolina on the podcast. If if, if I'm just kidding, by the way. If I, that I, happens, I, I need get, to be present for the interview. That is my analyst. He's the I, reason okay. I got into college football okay. and became an, uh, 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 a fanatic. So okay. that'll be one that I need to be present yeah, and we're, allowed we're to working. talk. We are going to work on that. Um, but no, I mean, there, there will be... 
Trust me, if someone writes a slander article, they will be on here on this podcast, and we will debate them. That could go very well or very badly, but uh, we, we'll we'll tell you more about that if we go along. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you, you're right. I I think, here's what I think Mac Brown is saying, though. Okay, I think Mac's saying, I'm not putting pressure on these guys, saying that the that, that coming into the season, our expectation was for you guys to be in the ACC championship game. And now... What I think he's trying to do is basically telling these guys, hey, look, you know, don't put the pressure on yourselves to win. You're not supposed to be this far ahead of schedule. You're not supposed to be in this spot having a chance to compete in the ACC Coastal with half of your defense on the sidelines wearing cast. That's that's not that's kind of what I think he's trying to get across to these guys. So going into this game against Virginia Tech, I think what he wants them to do is to go in and say, look, don't have that, you know, that expectation that we have to win, you know, that we must win this game. We're expected to win this game. Go in with that mindset that you had in the first half of the season, which was nobody expects us to be in this position. Nobody expects us to win this game, even though they actually do. Um, I think that, you know, Carolina, like you said, you know, they've started to show some things. I think, you know, this offense is, is starting to gain a little more confidence. I think even with the bye week, they'll, they'll be fine. I think they're, they realize that they can carry over what they did against Georgia Tech into this week. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing is, is that, you know, they know that, you know, look, we went into Georgia Tech, a place that we didn't have a lot of success. We came away with a win. Just because we haven't had a lot of success at Virginia Tech doesn't mean that we can't do the same as we did in Georgia Tech. I think they come out pretty confident. Look, we know that this team is not going to make it easy. It's going to be close games the rest of the way. Virginia Tech, to me, is better now than they were earlier in the season with Hooker at quarterback. There's still some people that say we need to see more of it. I, I don't really need to see more of it. I think they're a better team now. Um, but I think they are still going to have some struggles. I'm, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit low, more low scoring than that. I think that Carolina gets a 27-24 victory on the road at Virginia Tech. I think that's kind of what we're looking at the rest of the season. Um, you know, it's going to be some of those lower scoring, tough battles. I think Carolina's ready for it. We see some things defensively. I think we do create a turnover or two that helps us along the way in the game. And I think Carolina ultimately pulls out an important victory that will put them at 4-3 and three and 3-1 three and one in the conference and would set up a huge game against the Duke Blue Devils the next week at home. So uh, let's do our, play, our, our key. Okay, we'll do key to the game first. Uh, what's your key to the victory on the road in Blacksburg? Uh, when you're going on the run, you got to win the game. You got to protect the football. Which team wins the wins the turnover battle? I think will win. I kind of trust Sam Howell to not turn the ball over three picks in six games so far this year. So uh, I, I think he'll protect the ball. I agree. And I think I think Jay Bateman understands this defense is going to have to make a play or two, and it's, you're going to have to be aggressive and force Hooker to make a mistake. I think he'll do that, and we'll force him into an interception or maybe a fumble, and it'll help Carolina secure a road win. I, I, I'm kind of with you on, uh, you know, I thought you you were going with uh, when you were saying about Jay Bateman, the pressure. That's my key. Got to get pressure on the quarterback this week more than I think any so far this year because that young secondary needs some help. They need to have the quarterback hit the ground a few times. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, look, this this team's done it because, I mean, you look at the third down percentage so far this year, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, their, their defensive numbers continue to show that. 
I want to see him ramp it up. I expect, you know, look, Timon Fox, hopefully this is another big game from you. And, I mean, look, with Jason Strobridge definitely being more healthy, this was big for him to get this time off and heal that ankle injury that he had early in the season. Aaron Crawford gets a little time to relax after what was a great start to the season. I think this team's going to be ready, and uh, I think that's one of the keys to the game. Get after the quarterback, get him on the ground. That'll help this Carolina defense out. So who's the guy that maybe we're not talking about? Basically, who is the guy that's not Sam Howell or Chaz Surratt that's going to have a big game? Um, Jay Schroeder. No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to be oh, Jay there Schroeder. He, it, um, he, I don't think he's going to be active, by the way. I think it will be Amendola again as the backup on the road. I think it's going to be – we, we've said this name a lot. I think – I spoke a lot about Sam Howell throwing the ball. Right. I think Javante Williams got to set okay. the tone okay. with his ability we to finish to runs. <laughs> um, because, you know, he's just – he always finishes forward, which is, you know, you don't see a whole lot in, in football these days, backs that finish Especially runs. Especially not in college. Right, and he does just a, a phenomenal job at finishing the run. And I think I think he'll get back to setting the tone, being aggressive, and, and, and helping this offense establish a, a, a ground game and help Sam Howell be productive in the air. You know what? I'm going to go with Storm Duck. I think uh, they're going to need him to step up and, and play really well in this game. Um, you know, I mean, look, Damon Hazelton is a guy that's really gotten going. He was, you know, the guy that we heard about all last year before the matchup in Chapel Hill. Um, as being their top receiver. He's starting to get his footing back under him a little bit here with Hendon Hooker now at quarterback. I think that's going to be the prime matchup for Storm Duck most of the day. I think Storm's going to have to play well, and I think he does. I think uh, he'll be the guy that we'll be talking about when we head back for the recap podcast, uh, which will be uh, Monday. Going to do that Monday? Yeah, probably. We'll probably do that Monday. Uh, I see nods. Well, uh Looking on his phone. You see, this is why you're not talking. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to find the guy that said I need to talk more. Because sure. It, uh, no, actually, sure. yeah, because I'm going because I don't I see guess it. So. I think it's all a lie. You I just guess so. you don't. No, want to it's in- not. I'll D- I'll DM you after. I'll I'll DM you the the tweet afterwards. He'll probably tweet at us again today saying I like this. He's talking. More. See, there's two things that happen whenever you let me talk more. A, I cuss, and B, you say you're right. So this needs to be more going forward. I've been here for like two and a half years. I've earned the right to talk. I cannot believe it. Bobby, this is you're, you're creating a rift in the podcast here. Now, what's next? What, are you going to depend, d- demand a pension or something? I mean, I'm asking for pay for so, like six weeks because of all the stuff I'm doing, writing, talking, um, there we go. covering games. I mean, I'm spending yes. money to go to, oh, go to these games. D- really? <laughs> Do we want to get into that debate on the podcast? So, we can ask the listeners if they think that it's fair how things are going down so far. We're not going to do that, though. Okay. We're not going to do that, though. I'm paying for you to go to games so far, but that's that's okay. We'll let that one go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> make sure that you guys head to HeelToughBlog.com where you can check everything out. Um, there's a couple other uh, storylines that I did want to touch on right before we get out of here, some of the other major things that are going on around Tar Heel football. Um, as you guys know, of course, uh, Desmond Evans, the 2025 star weak side defensive end, he is going to announce his commitment on Friday. Unfortunately, uh, I will not be making the trek out to Sanford. Um, I was wanting to, but with everything that's going on um, with my job, I am not going to be able to make it out. The good news is, is that I am going to be able to go out and do a scouting report on Friday. I will be uh, taking a look at uh, 2023 star athlete commit for the Tar Heels. 
uh, Cedric Gray. Get a look at him as uh, Audrey Kell goes up against Olympic. That should be a fantastic game that we're going to. But uh, that'll be a great test to see him uh, in. But we will have, of course, all the coverage of Desmond Evans' commitment. We'll talk about uh, you know what his commitment would mean if we do land him. And then uh, who we're going to go out uh, and try to get after that. Because uh, if the Toriels do land him, that would be 23 guys in the class. Most people think that the Toriels will probably take up to 25. And there is also another guy that some think is closing in on a commitment. We'll tell you a little bit about that uh, in that article after uh, Desmond Evans commits, wherever he commits. Um, we will have an article up on that, so make sure you guys do check that out. Um, some other news around Toriel football, of course, we talked about it here. Trey Morrison is out indefinitely with a broken arm. It was first reported by Inside Carolina. Uh, multiple sources told him that. Um, now, the football program did not confirm that that was the injury. They just came out and said that it was an upper body injury. Um, but they did confirm that he will be out for an indefinite period of time. So we are unsure when Trey uh, will be back. Um, uh, some other news for the football program um, as well. Uh, the game against Duke, of course, will be a lottery system, uh, if you guys didn't know that. Uh, so students will be on a lottery system. Uh, I believe they're still going to let uh, some students in afterwards, um, which will be good because the Tar Heels are one of just nine teams so far this season that have had 100% attendance, or at least reported 100% attendance. It's pretty close. I mean, how many schools actually have 100% attendance is kind of a little bit of a question. Duke. Mark, but they did they, they Okay, I'm going to tell you, Duke is probably as far as it gets from having 100% attendance. Um, but I think, what, Nebraska, Ohio State, big-name programs up there. Carolina's right up there uh, with that group so far. So make sure uh, – I know that game against Duke sold out. That's homecoming. Going to be fantastic uh, crowd there as well. So make sure you guys go check that out. HeelToughBlog.com is where you can check out uh, all the stuff that we're going to have um, recap of the game against Virginia Tech, and then we'll start to get into uh, previews. What well, recap will involve the recap, the stock report, and the trench report. That's where you can check all that out, as well as you can check out basketball, which is now on the site as well. We've got basketball team news, recruiting, everything that you need to know about the basketball team is up there. Um, some articles online right now about Garrison Brooks receiving some preseason accolades, as well as Cole Anthony. And also, Josh uh, got that article on there um, that's doing extremely well about uh, the three players that will miss time to start the season. Make sure you guys read that so you know who the Tar Heels will be without early in the season. Of course, uh, they start just under three weeks from now uh, against Notre Dame. That'll be on a Wednesday night, and that will be... Uh, Wait, I'm blanking. That's in the Smith Center. Yeah, so. play them later in the year on the road. That's right. Um, so, yeah, should be very interesting. We'll have that coverage throughout the season for you guys. Of course, we'll have that little three-week period where we'll be alternating. And then, of course, during the bowl game, we'll have you guys covered. Uh, there will, of course, still be a lot of football news. I'll be pretty much primarily writing football. He'll be pretty much primarily writing basketball. Sometimes we'll sort of cross over. Of course, he does with the trench report. And there'll be maybe some other times in the offseason where – There'll be some crossover, but most of the time, you know, we'll we'll cover our sports. Uh, we, of course, are looking for people to cover the sports. We made the joke the last time about the Olympic sports uh, that some people did like and other people, I don't know if they really liked it that much. But we are seriously looking uh, at least for a baseball writer, if anybody is interested in writing about the baseball team. Unfortunately, we are 
Uh, not able to get up to many games for the baseball team. We have been to a solid zero, zero. <laughs> over the years. Um, but we are trying to go to, uh, I'm going to try to go to a game this year for sure. We definitely want to go to the Bosch. But unfortunately, it's it's kind of tough for us to be able to keep up with them as well as keep up with the football and basketball team. So we are looking for someone that wants to write baseball. If you're interested, just reach out to us at Future Tar Heel on Twitter for me at Joshua Marlowe 5 for him. Or, of course, you can message us on the uh, accounts for uh, the Heel Tough blog. You can do it on Facebook, Heel Tough blog Facebook page. That's the best place to check out all the new information as well. Or uh, the Twitter page, which is at Heel Tough blog on Twitter. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Heel Tough blog podcast. want to thank Josh for joining me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always... Go Target!